Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Last week, we discussed why God put you here. If you missed that message, it's powerful. You need to go back and give it a listen. And last week, what we talked about was God's will for your life is for you to have heaven on earth or specifically heaven in your heart, which is peace. And when you don't have heaven in your heart, there typically tends to be conflict somewhere. And most of the time it's inside of you. And because your life is the fruit of what you do, we understand that God's will then for our life is heaven. And so then we want that. We want to bear good fruit. Like John 15 says, Matthew 6, 10 says, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. I just want to let you know that in my, in my personal time, I've been in Matthew 6 and 7 for the past seven weeks. And I can't, and I can't or couldn't get out of them uh, for the longest time. And finally, in this message is what I, what I understood to be why I'm in Matthew chapter 7. And so I hope you'll bear with me today. If you have your Bibles or your notebooks, it's always good to have those with you as uh, we go pretty deep and I, and I talk pretty fast. And so if you have to screenshot, do that. I apologize. I'm working on slowing down, especially for my points, but uh, it is what it is. Okay. And I'm going to pick this thing up about 78 times a day and only take two drinks. And so here's number two. So then God's will for your life is why you're here, but it's directly linked to where he wants you to be. And that's what we're talking about today. And so a quick question to get us started is this, what happens in your life when you sense a little bit of heaven on earth? What happens in your life when you actually get to experience heaven on earth? We've all experienced this at least once, I believe, at least we think we have. And some of us would claim to experience it on a more regular basis. And then, uh, you know, the really the, the solid believers just experience it every day and they've never had a bad day in their life. And God bless you guys. Uh, I've, I've had plenty of bad days, so I can't say I'm in that boat. And so uh, what's it like to experience heaven on earth? What is heaven on earth to you? Is that a, a, a batch of warm cookies out of the oven at 1115 when you should have been in bed an hour and 15 minutes ago, but you just couldn't because you wanted to stay up and watch, you know, whatever TV show or whatever series or Amazon Prime or whatever you're on these days? What are, what are those things? What is that to you? And I think in, in talking this through with just a few people, what we find when we experience heaven on earth is peace, is peace. The root of it is peace. Now, what we would say is, well, you know, joy and happiness and fulfillment and love and all those things, but really the root is peace. And so the first place, the first place that God wants you to be is at peace, this is why we opened this morning with that song that sang about peace, peace in every situation, peace in every circumstance in your life. And so the hope that we have in opening up with that song with the sunrise is that you would be a place that your heart would be positioned for peace this morning. And so then before we jump into the message, let's just take one moment to pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share this morning. Thank you, Lord, for people who are connecting and logging on and, and joining from all over the country. Lord, I thank you for opening ears, their ears, their eyes, their hearts, Lord, to see, to hear, and to take this word, Lord, and to put it into effect in their life, Lord, to put it into practice in their life, Father, so they can be better followers, but more importantly, so they can walk 
in peace, the peace that you give, Lord, the peace that passes every inch of understanding that we have, Lord, that we cannot comprehend. We know that it that it is from you, that that peace is from you. And so we trust you this morning. We're open to it this morning. We receive it this morning. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. And so like I said earlier, uh, it is election week. It's a touchy subject depending on where you live, right? And so lots of chatter and chaos over the past few weeks leading up to this week, right? And it's not over yet, so you're still going to have some of that, some of that happening. And I have some good news for you today. I'm not going to talk politics or uh, how you should vote or who you should vote for. That's really none of my business. And you're all very capable uh, adults and, and you know how to vote and surely you've voted before. And so um, that's on you. I also want to say that I don't believe politics have a place inside the church at any level because politics steal our attention. They divide us as a people and they, they steal our focus from what we should really be uh, leaning towards or looking to. And that is loving God and loving others as we love ourselves. And so if we're not doing that, then we are not being the church, which is an action, and that's who we are. And so before we jump into today's, uh, into today's topic, there's one thing that we must realize, okay? We live in a time where people listen with their eyes. People listen with their eyes, and they think with their emotions. What do you mean? A perfect example of this is ESPN's Ticker. When you watch the channel ESPN, forgive me, ladies, for jumping to this. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's another channel that does this. Almost all of them do. Every news network does it. But ESPN is is probably does the most. And so ESPN, you have the show happening, and then you have the ticker going beside, which tells you what's happening now, what's happening next, what's going to happen, and so on, so long. And then across the bottom, you have a um, sports scores. And then across the bottom of that, you have scrolling like breaking news. And so in this, you have um, five, five things at most happening at one time. And for some reason, we could keep up with all of them. And so that's, that's the physical uh, example of how we listen with our eyes. But if you think about how you scroll through social media or how you watch the news, you're not really listening. You're listening and listening, how, you know, at least how we teach our kids, you listen with your eyes and your ears. And our eyes tend to do most of the listening. And we think with our emotions, meaning, how does this make me feel? Does this make me feel good? If this makes me feel good, I like it, therefore I'll do it, right? And so then understanding that, that in today's world, we listen with our eyes and we think with our emotions. It's not how it used to be based on technology, based on media, right? And so then today, people really are not concerned if you can back anything up with biblical knowledge, with biblical scripture, with, with the academic side of theology, there's been too much law given, there's been too much taught, and there's been not enough love. And so because we said, don't do that, don't do that, over and over and over, people really don't care for us to back it up with any type of scripture that says, hey, this is the unchanging truth of God, this is how we're to live our lives, that doesn't matter. Instead, people's emotions are overriding what Scripture says. And so then they're following what they want. They're following their self first. And if they can't figure it out, then they might look to Jesus second. And if they do, it's only to get help. It's, in, it's only in those tough situations, those crises, right? And so then peace for you, peace in your life, peace in your heart starts with loving one another as 
you love yourself. You say, ah, what does this have to do with anything? It has to do with this. The reality is this. You can love someone who believes differently than you. You can. Jesus loves them every day. Every single day. And he thinks that all of us look just like him. It's what it said in Genesis. We're created in his image. And so then you can some, uh, love someone who believes differently than you. And just to set the record straight, you don't have to agree with anyone to love them. It helps. It helps a ton, right? It helps because then you want to hang out with them, especially if they're like you. But it's not a prerequisite. And so then agreeing was ne- is, is not in stone anywhere. It's not one of those things. So what I'm telling you is this, Proverbs 29, 25. I put some stuff out this week on social media. And uh, if you want to go check that out, I would encourage you to. It just it goes into depth on a few scriptures about the opinions of others and, and how we like to essentially bicker back and forth. And so Proverbs 29, 25 tells us to not be concerned with the opinions of others. And so Dusty, how, how do I look past other people's opinions? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to love them as you love yourself. Just because they believe differently and you don't agree with them doesn't mean you can't love them, which means you need to see them as a brother or a sister. Because I think we all have brothers and sisters that we, from time to time, do not agree with, okay, that do not believe the same as us. But for some reason, we're brothers. (laughs) We're sisters, right? And so then in that, I see them as a brother or a sister. The second thing I do is I believe what Jesus prayed to God in John 17, which is that we would be one. This was Jesus' final prayer, okay? This is the only prayer that Jesus prayed to God the Father that has not been answered yet. So I believe, regardless of how it looks, regardless of how it seems, regardless of how much fear people are walking around with, regardless of how uncertain we are of our future, there's a time that is coming that we're all going to stand together as the human race. Because it happened in John 17, it was prayed, And so then, because I believe that, I'm excited to get to be a part of this. And in this season, in this season, there's no better place to be. Honored to get to lead through this. And so then, regardless of who you're with or where you stand or what sign you have in your yard or how much money you pay to support a campaign, okay, don't let the loudest voice you hear become the majority, Could have said this a long time ago. That's not what you need to be listening to. That steals your peace. The reality is, is typically those loud voices that you hear are only about 5% of the actual population of people, right? So you have 5%, let's just give them credit. Let's say they're 8%. You have 8% of people making all the noise, okay? And stealing all of the attention. But because they're the loudest, they get the attention, And they're what you see the most and they're what you hear the most, depending on what channel you subscribe to and what you allow to to be in your social media feed. Me and Heather go through our social media feeds once a month and we clean them out. We clean them out. If it's not quality, we get rid of it. And so then I'm not a follow back guy. I'm a follow high caliber, high quality. I need good things in my life, right? And so then don't let the loudest voice become majority. Because when you subscribe to that stuff, what makes what the what the 8% feel like is the 92. Right? When really there are nine people for every one person that's just yep, 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 yapping. Okay? And yapping in either direction, it doesn't matter. 
So this morning, hearing that, you should be encouraged. Nothing is ever as it seems. Yes, you have everything on every news channel, and you have it being called everything that you will. And, and so then I saw a joke the other day that said, so we're going to have fact checkers, and these fact checkers are going to check the facts and report the facts. We used to call that news. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny because it's, it's reality. It's just the day that we live in. Extreme has become the mainstream, so facts are boring. They've almost become like the Bible, right? It's been said that a wise man once said nothing. If you think about that, the wisest person in the room tends to be the quietest. Not always, but it's true, right? Proverbs 17, 27 says, He who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. It's been said that a wise man once said nothing. This morning, there are a lot more people playing the quiet game than there are filling the chat rooms, than there are in the news feeds, than there are in your social media feed. And what you need to understand in that is there's a lot of peace in that. That's 90% peace because you don't have to hear it. Could you imagine if everybody was on blast all the time? Like how much chaos would be in the world? And we find ourselves in a place today where social media has essentially given the green light to everybody to give everything that they've ever thought was good or bad, including uh, what they think about the food that they're eating at that given moment, okay? And so then, be encouraged today. You know, we live in a world, there it goes, we live in a world where the squeaky wheel always gets the grease. You heard this phrase before, the squeaky wheel always gets the grease. Why? Because we're fair, we're fair, and we've, we've deemed that every opinion is necessary. But there was a time when the squeaky wheel got replaced, right? That shoddy shopping cart at Kroger got sent on. And I tell you that to say this, the squeaky wheels in your life, you don't have to exhaust yourself to make sure they're not squeaking. Just don't push that cart. Don't find yourself in that group. Because if it's stealing from your personal peace, it's not worth it. If it's taking from you and what God has called you to, which is to be at peace, then it's not worth it. And the reality is that if we try to replace the wheel today, it's essentially, we have to remove ourselves. If we replace the wheel today, there is uh, something coming with it, right? There's an offense or there's a label. And so then our job as believers is not to be the squeaky wheel, right? We're, in, we're not going to be the squeaky wheel because we know where our peace comes from. We know where we're going. We know how the story ends right? We know what we have awaiting us. We know that we have heaven awaiting us. Plus Proverbs 26, 20 says, when gossip stops, conflict ceases. What does that mean? That means the reality is you're the only expert on you. On the face of the earth, you're the only expert on you. And so then regardless of how you live and the decisions you make, nobody has the right to put any label or to put you in any category except for human being. And that's it. It's like the late, great Patrick Swayze said, nobody 
puts the baby in a corner, right? Yeah, I've seen the movie, okay? And so in that, you have the exact same right. Nobody puts you in a box. You don't fit in a box. Because when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to be different than you are today, especially if you have Jesus in you. Because we're always to be developing, right? We're always to be growing in our relationship. And so you don't fit in that box. And because you don't fit in that box doesn't mean that you have to justify not fitting in that box. Okay? Proverbs 29.8 says, Wise people push to keep peace. And a lot of the times we push to stay somewhere even though it crushes us, it take, it steals our joy, it steals our peace. When the reality is, peace starts first inside of you. It has to start in here. And so I can't push to stay in a place I don't belong, in a place I don't fit. And so for peace to be inside me first means once it's inside me, then it can transform into the actions of my life. Okay. Peace starts first inside of you before it transforms into the actions of your life. So then don't stay connected to anything that's disrupting your personal peace. This means if you have to upset somebody to get out of a place, do it. Do it. Even if you're afraid to. Because it's better to upset them and to have peace, especially if there's no relationship, right? It's better to upset them and have peace than to have none. Here's why. Because a no is a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence and it needs no explanation. A no is good enough every time you offer it. Regardless of your personality type or how you feel, you can say no and feel confident and feel good about it because you're looking out for the well-being of yourself, because you're keeping your peace. Philippians 4, 7 says when you do this, when you say no and you're good with it, it says you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So then even if you don't, what's it say? So even if you don't understand it, God does. Even if you don't understand it, God does. And God wants peace for you. Well, Dusty, this is really a matter of perspective, isn't it? And yes, you're right. It is. It's a matter of perspective. And, and it's, it is glass half empty, glass... <laughs> glass half empty, glass half full. But it's really the difference between fear and believing that the end is near and clinging tight. Do you think the people who had to experience small smallpox or any other pandemic thought the exact same thing that we were feeling? Didn't they? Oh God, the world's crashing down, right? No. So then your perspective is fear for your life and believe the end is near, right? Or have some faith and believe the only way is the only way up. <laughs> There's only one way and it's up, right? Our best is in front of us, right? Our best is in front of us. The only way to go from here is up. It's a difference between faith and fear. Here's the thing about the Bible. The truth does not change according to your ability to stomach it. The truth is the same. The truth brings freedom. The truth brings peace. And what you need to understand today is either way, as believers, we know who wins. We know that God wins. We've read the end of the story. And so let that be where your peace is. 
let that be where your peace is. And here's how that happens. That happens when we stop searching for answers and we let go of our opinions. Peace. You can find peace right there. When we stop searching for answers and let go of our opinions, you're half, you are over halfway there, right? How much peace comes when we let go of our opinion? When we actually love others the way that we love us. When we actually look to God in faith. How much peace comes when we let go of our opinion? How much peace comes when we stop searching? When we stop trying to figure it out and believe that God has already figured it out? Peace is in that. Keeping peace starts in you, right? It starts with you. And if you have it in you, this is huge. If you have peace in you, you can have it anywhere. But if it's never been in you, you won't find it anywhere. How? Choose to stand on what's inside of you instead of getting lost in all that is around you. I'll put it on the screen. Choose to stand on what is inside of you instead of getting lost in all that is around you. It is too much. We live with the ticker. We're watching this. We got this scrolling. We got this scrolling. We got breaking news. It's all too much. It's all too much. Why? We're not standing in faith. We're looking in fear. It's stealing our peace. Fear is stealing our peace. So then the truth is, is we can continue to look to others and blame others and justify our actions or, or we can look to us. I can look to myself and I can fix me. I'm responsible for me, right? And so I can look to myself and I can fix me. We can look to ourselves and we can fix us. We can do one of two things. And the reality is it's easier, it's easier to cast blame and make excuses and justify things than it is to fix ourselves, right? The one person on earth responsible for your peace is you, is you. You will not find your peace in others. You cannot piggyback off of somebody else's peace. That's fake, okay? Well, they have a boat and they invited me on their boat, so I'm going to have some peace with them on their boat. No, no, that's, that's not how it works, Right? And so you won't find peace in a politician. You're not going to find peace in a boss. You're not even going to find peace in a friend, right? You're not going to find peace in one of your local leaders. You find peace in Jesus, your faith. The reality is when we get busy, we shift our focus from Jesus and what's in us to everything that's outside of us and we forget about us. And we don't solve the problems in our own lives because we're distracted. We're busy, right? And the sad truth today is that some of us don't want to address or solve the situations, the circumstances, or the problems that we face. We'd much rather look to others and try to solve their problems for them. We all understand Romans 3.23. We all understand this. This is solid. For everyone has sinned 
We all fall short of God's standard. We understand that. That's real stuff, right? That's real talk. What's that mean? That means every human being that's ever been created has sinned and fell short. That's me. I fell short plenty. Wyatt, you ever fell short? Ever made a mistake? We've all, all, everyone, last time I checked, everyone is everyone, right? We understand this, but we forget it. And instead, instead of owning it, we just justify and shift the focus to others, right? Their flaws, their failures, their shortcomings. Or we look to some person in leadership, it doesn't matter who. We look to some person in leadership that we don't approve of, or we look at some social issue that we disagree with, and then we tell the world how we need to fix it. And we tell the world how we need to fix it. All the while, every one of us have issues in our lives that need resolved. All of us. And so then those of us justifying our actions, those of us calling others out, pointing fingers, judging others, it says in Matthew 7, 5, you're nothing but show-offs. This is the message translation. I love this. I love this translation. It says you're nothing but show-offs. First, take the log out of your own eye. Then you can see how to take the speck out of someone else's eye. What's that mean? Looking good for others doesn't mean anything for God. It doesn't bring you any peace at night. Okay. Matter of fact, it's probably got your wheels turning to figure out what you're going to say next. Okay. It doesn't bring you any peace at night. God's not concerned with your social media posts or your comments in other people's, on other people's posts and other feeds. God is concerned with your heart and he wants peace in your life. Peace that passes all understanding like we read earlier in Philippians. Because that's a little too new age for all the young people who are watching. Um, lots of young people watching. I'm thrilled that you're here, by the way. Thank you for being here. Verses, Matthew 7, 5, and then Holman says, Hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye. Then you'll, be, then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And for context on this scripture, I really wanted to go a little bit deeper. This is the first half. This is why we have two parts today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, and I'm going to show you two different sections of this. And so the context for this block of scripture is this. This chapter of Matthew 7 concludes uh, Christ's Sermon on the Mount, which is purely practical, okay? And it's directing us to correct, correctly order our conversations with both God and men, okay? Because the design of Christian religion is to make the human race good, and the design of our Christian religion is to make everything else good that we have, right? And so what we see in verse 1 through 5 is some guidelines concerning criticisms and condemnations that we like to make. And so in verse 1 through 5, this is Jesus talking, and I'm going to start uh, like this. Judge not that you be judged, for with judgment you pronounce, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let's take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye and you will see clearly to get the speck out of your brother's eye. So 
a little bit more full, full context there. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, if, if you're not in order, if you're not healthy, don't try to fix your brother. Don't try to help your brother. Let's look at the message translation. This will be full screen. This is the message translation. And this is good. This is good for all of us here. This was good for me today. This, this, this was good for me on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday and on Saturday. And it's going to be good for me today. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. And it's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? Is this, oh, it's this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier than thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off of your face and you might be able, you might be uh, fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. You might be fit to uh, offer a washcloth to your neighbor. What do you see in the message translation? I'll show you the biggest thing that stuck out to me was not all the stuff that I'm guilty of. It was living your part. We're all called to live our part. To live our part. You can pick that thing apart. Live your part. In all of this, I believe we see God's heart and the confirmation of what he said in 1 Samuel 6, 17. We've said this before. It essentially says that, that God does not look at your appearance. Okay? He doesn't look at your post or what you're doing. What he looks at is your heart. He looks at your heart and he looks at the intentions that come with it. Now, let me just full disclosure here. I am not an expert on anybody. I will never claim to be. I'm not an expert on any social issue. I know what I see. I hear what I hear, right? Yes, I have a heart. Yes, I have emotions. Does my heart break? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And you better believe I have an opinion in all of this. But here's what I believe more than all of that. People matter more than my opinion. People matter more than my opinion. If somebody gets on social media to celebrate something, the Bible tells me to rejoice with those who rejoice. Not to ask them about their safety precautions or why they would do that. It's not my business. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Social media posts, somebody loses a loved one. Mourn with those who mourn. Social media has become the way that we, you know, pretty much <laughs> talk up here because we're in quarantine still. And so there's a time and a season for everything, right? All we have to do is live our part. Here's why. At the end of the day, my opinion doesn't matter. I really believe that. If you never, You've heard it before. If I wanted your opinion, <laughs> I'd ask you for it. You know what my mom used to say? If I wanted your opinion, I'd give it to you, okay? That's what I used to get told, okay? And so maybe it's growing up that way where I believe that my opinion really doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, I just don't believe it does because I believe that people matter more. Because I believe we're all called to love first. Which brings peace? Brings peace. The real reason why my opinion doesn't matter is if I can't lead my life, 
If I can't lead my life, if my words don't back my actions up, I have no business leading you. I have no business. And it means nothing. My words mean absolutely nothing if my actions don't back it up. It's show me, don't tell me, right? It's leadership 101. This is an analogy. It's a lot like us moving here. It's a lot like us moving here. If you think about it, at the end of the day, my opinion doesn't matter because if I can't lead myself, I, I can't lead others. If I can't lead my wife, I can't lead others. If I can't lead my house, I can't lead others. And so then, if we would have came here the first day that we moved here, which is December 8th of 2017, coming up on three years, and that first day I got here, I just went out and started telling everybody, hey, you know what you need to do? You know what you need to do? Hey, you know what you should be doing? No, 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 man, don't do that. You don't want to do that. You need to be doing this. How many people do you think would have listened to me? I would have made more enemies than friends. And I would have been ran out of here. Our whole family would have been sent packing quickly. Right? They didn't know who I was. They didn't know who we are. They didn't know where we were from, what we stand for, why we're here. So I can't just barge in saying, you know what you need to do? You know what you need to do? Because... My house wasn't in order. Matter of fact, it was in boxes. Okay? It was in boxes. I knew coming, we had a lot to learn. We had a lot to learn. I tell you today, I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to learn, but I'm willing. I'll tell you right now, I don't know it all. I hope I never know it all, because the moment I think I know it all, I start to decline. You want the sad truth about this? It's three years later. It's still a lot like the first week, especially with the pandemic happening. Not a lot of acceptance, a lot of competition, a lot of territorialism here, not a lot of local support. Why? It's a lack of trust. They still don't know. They still don't know me. They still don't know our family, right? And it's real easy here to feel like you have to prove it. Well, just prove it. Prove it. Prove it. I've had so many churches and organizations say, it's going to take you 10 years for people to believe you. That's fine. I, we came committed to spend the rest of our life, so it's all good. Does, are you here to take over? You're here to do something new? We don't like new. You want to create change? Don't create change, right? Or surely nobody would be nice just out of the goodness of their heart, Right? Today, being nice with no agenda puts people on defense. Oh, you're being nice to me. What do you want? What do you want? It can't just be because of the love of Jesus. It can't just be that. And when we're on defense, there's a lot of uncertainty. What's your angle? And there is, Jesus didn't have an angle. He came so that people could have life and have it abundantly. What's in all of that? Peace. Peace. The reality in this and being here is I don't have to prove myself to anybody. I don't. And neither do you. And neither do you. I only need to be who God's called me to be. You only need to be who God's called you to be. And that's enough. It's enough for me and it's enough for you. And there's peace in that. If you'll walk in that, there's peace in that. Today, I have good news. God's not done. God's not done. God has not forgot you today. 
It can be easy over the past who knows how long, eight, nine months, to feel like you're forgotten, to feel like you're alone and you're on an island. God has not forgot you, regardless of where you are or how you grew up, what you believed, where you've been, how you feel right now. God sees you. God loves you. God knows you. And he wants peace for you. He wants peace in your life. God is for you. So why do I say all that? What do you say all that for? Don't let anybody steal your peace. Don't let anybody steal your peace. What do I mean by that? This is, this is a phenomenal leadership point, by the way. Never take a no from somebody who cannot give you a yes. So many times in life, we give authority to people just passing by. We ask a question and they say, for all purpose, purpose, no. Well, we let that and we treat that as the gospel. Is that guy Jesus who just walked by? No. Okay, so then that's not the gospel. I'm not going to let others dictate what I'm to do. If they can't give me permission to do it, they dang sure can't stop me from doing it or from being it. So then do not take a no from somebody who cannot give you a yes. A yes. On the flip side of that, you cannot tell anybody anything. You have to show them first. It has to be in who you are. It has to be in your actions. That's true leadership. But true leadership most of the time comes with serving. We serve, which means, which means this. You stop battling for first place and you become second so God can work through you. You become second so God can work through you. What do I mean by this? Let me go back to our story. And uh, please, thanks for letting me just be honest with you right here. What do I mean? We did this so I can tell you. What? You want me to stop battling for first place and become second so God can work through you. How does that happen? Here's how it happens. We left a church of 1,200 people because we are called here. Okay, 18 years at the same organization, 18 awesome years, a lifetime of relationships. I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. A lifetime of relationships, connections, man. You know what? I miss a good old connection. Golly. Don't you know somebody? Yeah, I know somebody. I still have people calling me here saying, Hey, can you help me with this? Absolutely. See his number right now. One of the hardest things. I left a good reputation. I have zero reputation here, right? Left a good reputation. I left a lot of favor. And I left a lot of love. We were getting a lot of love. For what? For what? For what? Some people here tell me I did it for a change of scenery. Those people are nuts, okay? We did it to become second. To show that it's who we are that makes the difference to show that it's God through us that shines light. It's nothing I'm ever going to do. It was impossible. That's why we said yes. It's Christ in us that creates change, not what we do. Do I miss all we had? Heck yeah, I do. But I am in love with the opportunity we have here because there's so much potential. There's so much potential. Could I use the reputation I had there? <laughs> yeah, so many times I need it, right? 
Could I use those relationships? Yeah, I miss those relationships. I really do. Has anything went the, the way I thought it would go here? No. Even in our first year, I would have never dreamed that 10 weeks into starting, we would be sent home and have to figure out how to do church from my basement, right? But God is greater than all of those things I just said. And I have peace in that because I understand that they're coming. I understand that they're coming, right? That's the difference. The difference is in, is in believing. It's in the faith side of it to say, God is good enough, strong enough, enough, period, to make up the difference. I trust that. I believe that. And so in my heart, I believe all those things are coming. Relationships are coming. Like-minded people are coming. Reputation is coming, but it's only going to come because of who we are. That's where my peace is. Why? Why? Here is, is the biggest coaching point I've ever used in my whole life. Because when I get better, we get better. When I get better, we get better. What do you mean? When I get better, my marriage gets better. We come up together. When I get better, our family gets better. When I get better, my house gets better. When I get better, leadership at this church gets better. When I get better, I become a better pastor. When I get better, I become a better friend, so I have better friends. When I get better, we get better. And in team sports, we say, when you stink, we stink. <laughs> when, you, when you're no good, we're no good. We're only as strong as our weakest link. We're human, we're human <laughs> beings. We're a body of believers. We're people, right? But the reality is, is when you get better, we get better. That takes ownership and responsibility. That takes ownership and responsibility. So for me, it's a daily search. It's daily reflection. It's Psalms 139. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. Lead me today. How can I do that? Open hands. I must keep my eyes clear from everything, including two by fours, right? If I'm ever going to help anybody else, I've got to first help myself. The moment I get lost in the externals is the moment I lose me. The moment I get lost in the externals is the moment that I lose me. So what? I know I have to focus on myself before I focus on others. That's Acts 20, 28. Take heed to yourself and then to, and then to the issue and then to your people and then to your wife. Take heed to yourself, Acts 20, 28. I serve my house before I serve my community. That's tough. I serve my house before I serve my job. Before, I serve my house before I work my job. I love my wife before I love my neighbor. I love my wife before I love my phone. Right? I fix my house before I fix my community. I'm a light where I live so I can be a light to my city. 2nd question. What if we all had that mentality of when I get better, we get better? What if we approached our day like that? We used to say GBE. Get better every day. 
G-B-E. Get better every day. What if? What if I approached my life like that? When I get better, we get better. How much peace comes with that, man? Our country doesn't get better until our city gets better. Our city doesn't get better until our communities get better. Our communities don't get better until we get better. And we don't get better until we find how to operate in peace. Today, the first place God wants you to be is at peace. I hope you can see that in me, in our family, in our time here. I hope you can see that. Thanks for letting me share that experience with you. It means a lot. Not the easiest thing to do. What are you saying? How am I wrapping this up? Do not get rattled by others. Do not get rattled by others. Remember John 16, He said this. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And in Christ, <laughs> in Christ you have too. If Christ is in you, then you understand that you've overcome the world. You have too, that heaven is your destination. And so today, we all rest in this peace as we approach a new month, as we approach a new season, Christmas, winter's coming, as we approach a new season, as we approach a new term, somebody in office, we understand that God's in control as believers with faith. We understand that he's in control, that he's always been in control, that he's always going to be in control. And no matter how much we as a people grab the reins, he controls the bit. He just does. He just does. We trust it. I want to encourage you to exercise your right as an American to go and vote. And I want to encourage you to vote biblically as a believer based on what you believe. Based on what you believe. Knowing that the Bible is the absolute, universal, unchanging truth of God. And the reality is not voting eliminates your right to have an opinion afterwards. So you, you need to go do it. And on your way there, I want you to pray like this. It's 2 Corinthians seven fourteen. It says this. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now. Mine eyes shall be, be open and my ears open to the prayer that is made in this place. I believe if we look to ourselves and reflect and examine ourselves like we're taught by Paul in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight, I believe we experience peace as individuals and that leads to peace as a people. But it starts with each of us. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.